0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful Northern Virginia.
1: And I'm Alan. I'm coming to you from the lovely and sunny greater Seattle metropolitan area.
0: And this is Wrong Thing Radio. is or to our live show that we bring you guys every single week, or at least attempt to bring you every single week. I've been bad about it recently. Uh, to bring you guys our facts and analysis of what's going on in the news, what's going on in the world, and stories that might apply to you. And of course, you guys can join us on Rumble if you would like, if you would so choose and want to be in on the live chat, which we're going to be checking in just a second, making sure that everybody is up there. And of course, you can always go over to subscribestar.com forward slash wrongthinkradio radio where you can also be part of our discord community where there's a lot of activity going on a lot of people talking and usually lecturing me on whether or not we're going to be doing a show and what is going on with the podcast so we've gotten a lot of that figured out we've gotten a lot of the tech issues figured out but I'm going to tell everybody hmm. why I wasn't around yes uh, last week because I think it's kind of weird. It's a little silly, and people may or may not care, but I was convinced last week that I might be dying. <laughs> That's like the simple, the simple action of it. And this is uh, the reason why I want to bring it up, as, as silly as it might sound, is it's part of a greater thing of how I think people are going to approach the medical community now. Because to give you an example, so here's the problem. I have had multiple times that I've woken up and I've been convinced that I was dying. And the reason why I say I was convinced that I was dying is because I would wake up my lungs would be on fire. I would feel completely awful and I for for the life of me I couldn't explain to anybody like why I felt that way. So, I'm left having to basically ask the question of what the hell's going on? What's wrong with me? And like the only thing that seemed to make it better was water. So, of course, I'd naturally be like, maybe I'm just dehydrated. My concern, though, is because I would wake up and like kind of be in almost like a panic, can't breathe, all this other stuff is I know I'm going to go to a doctor and they're going to go, well, it's probably anxiety. But it's not anxiety. I'm not waking up because I'm having some sort of weird panic attack, but mental issues are what doctors go to for everything now. They just want to prescribe you medication. Right. So I'm stuck and I actually had to have this conversation with Alan where it's like, I mean, I want to go to a doctor to figure out what might be going on, but I'm afraid to because I know that their immediate is take these pills for six months and then tell me whether or not you feel like you're going to die again. (laughs) <laughs> and i don't right. know about you but that's sort of a non-starter for me <laughs>
1: <laughs> i can very um, much understand that and i think the big issue is if you go in and you say i have all of these issues here's what i think it is i worry that a lot of doctors look at that and get somewhat i guess feel like feel threatened it's like wow, well, i'm gonna have to prove that it's not the thing you think it is simply to keep up the pretense that I deserve my medical license.
0: Yeah. S- yeah. Simply out of spite. Um, like, Oh, you, you know, like, Oh, you think that you're smarter than me? Like, uh, n- no, yeah. but I'm also way more concerned about me than you would be.
1: <laughs> well, and I think very clearly, I think she's like, well, like, like, let's say you were worried you had lung cancer. Could mm-hmm. you go and just like, listen, can I just get like a chest X-ray? Then I know. And I'm like, well, let's try these things first, and let's do X, Y, and Z. And you're like, why can't we just – why can't I just have that? Is it merely the fact that I asked to do this that you now feel like we have to – you have to stonewall me and, like, schedule me for three different appointments before we can just do a chest X-ray or, like, a heart exam and, like, prove it's not the thing that I worried it is?
0: Right. Because that was the discussion, right? Because I've been a smoker for decades now. So I was like, oh, my God, dude, like, what if it's what if it's lung cancer? And it's like, I should be able to just go to the doctor and be like, uh, I want to rule this out. And it's like, they're not going to let me do that, even though I'm paying for it. Right.
1: Exactly. But and that's what's frustrating.
0: But I do apologize for no show uh, last week. Like I said, I thought I was dying. Um, so I, I'm, I'm joking about it now, but I like, like full disclosure. It, it is actually really scary when this happens because you basically wake up and can't breathe. And yeah. that, of course, you know, kind of freaks your body out. So you get this adrenaline rush and it feels similar to a heart attack because you are freaking out. And so really strange. Um, hasn't happened in a while now. Uh you know, just trying to figure out like what I can do about it. But also like, I, I guess that's the greater thing um, in the comments section. Let us know, like, are you far more skeptical of the medical community now post COVID? Because for me, it's like, I've realized how much doctors will just do things. Um, ha- basically have more of a focus on liability Have more of a focus, uh, view uh, regular Americans as stupid, uninformed, dumb. Um, And it it makes me very concerned that when you do have an issue, like I'm going to have to find a doctor that isn't going to treat me like garbage. But like I said, at the at the other point of it is I've also noticed that doctors constantly now um, want everything to be like some sort of mental health thing. Um, I've known people mm. who have gone into doctors like like full disclosure. My my like wife went in uh, to a uh, uh, to her gynecologist and she happens to have a like high blood pressure and just literally the gynecologist walked into the office and said, I can prescribe you anxiety medication. Is that something that you think you'd be interested in? And it was like, wait, what? Like, no. And like, my I wife's don't like Wait. want that. My wife's like, "Wait, this woman literally tried to prescribe me anxiety medication off of walking in the room." Yeah. And like not not a psychiatrist, not a psychologist, just a OBGYN just pumping out, you know, mind-altering medication.
1: I I I wonder if there's sort of this like, "Well, You know, mental health stuff is really hard to prove, and we can easily make extra money off just prescribing stuff or setting people up for appointments to do things. It is frustrating to me because when the medical community is for profit, I do kind of have to wonder, like, if there's a conflict between, say, medical ethics and profit, how do they handle that calculation? I would like to think that they handle it well and responsibly, but I'm worried that they don't.
0: Right. No, I, I, I totally understand. Well, anyway, sorry about that. I just wanted to give everybody's background. So um, don't assume I'm immediately dying <laughs> if I'm not on the show. Don't assume I'm dead. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. So uh, and of course, the problem is, is that i i'm not super combative when i go into a doctor's office but i am definitely i will put my foot down on things and say like you're not evaluating anything don't like no we're not just going to do this um so for me it's one of those like well try not doing x and see how that works and so i'm like god damn it like (laughs) <laughs> I'm just going to end up dying in my bed And the doctor's going to go Well I guess I was that thing <laughs>
1: Well, it's like, Unfortunately you do probably need to do A lot of your own research On a lot of things So that even if you go to the doctor You know how to describe it In the terms that they're going to understand To get the results that you want It's like if you say I have chest pain mm-hmm. Doctors will interpret that, that Interpret that a certain way Because I mean They operating completely in good faith They'll interpret that a certain way If you're able to go in and say, oh, I have some tightness in my chest in the upper part and then (laughs) I feel like uh, the better you can describe it in the language doctors use, the better they can understand it. And I think when people don't, it leaves a lot of these uh, openings for doctors to maybe misdiagnose or just say like, all right, let's set you up for five appointments where we evaluate X, Y, and Z. And you're like, I don't want to pay for that. I just want to do the thing that I want to do. Like I want to get the thing I'm interested in looked at, and that's just difficult.
0: It's <laughs> just one of those things where it's like, um, yeah. <laughs> my my, my tri- I think I pulled my triceratops, doctor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> a lot of stuff to talk about. Obviously, there's a lot of goings on. Um, insanity. I don't know. I I feel yeah. like I feel like I'm going crazy it is actually this is probably the most difficult it has been attempting to follow a cohesive news cycle uh, for the last couple of months just because everything that's happening, all the changes and all the weirdness. So okay. we'll get to the weirdness later in the program some of the stuff that we're seeing I've I've got some kind of crazy theories on what may be going on and they're they're they they are out there. Uh, It'll be a little bit of fun But first I want to cover some of the weird legal stuff That's going on when it comes to Hunter Biden And the reason why is I think and as I titled the show here That Joe Biden has to resign um, Or is going to resign uh, mm. I think that there was a strategy That was worked out by the Democrats That is going to blow up in that that blew up in their face. I think what we actually saw was basically the end of Joe Biden's regime last week in court regarding Hunter Biden, which is hilarious because you know, we always thought that Hunter Biden might be the downfall of Joe, but I didn't envision it to be like this. So, I'll give you That's a big claim. The, yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll give you the rundown here. So, what occurred is, first of all, uh, Hunter was going in to be sentenced and he apparently had this sweetheart plea deal uh, that he had worked out with the prosecution, you know, the DOJ, Merrick Garland's DOJ, uh, so Joe the people Biden's who work for Joe Biden, um, and he was going in and he was going to get this plea deal where he was going to get two misdemeanor charges on tax charges. And we had already covered, and there's been a lot of discussion in the news about these IRS whistleblowers that came out that are like, this simply doesn't happen. People don't get plea deals like this. Like, this is crazy. He's obviously getting preferential treatment. Well, because of that whistleblower testimony, the Republican House Ways and Means Committee submitted the whistleblower testimony uh, to the court because they wanted that to be part of consideration with the plea agreement for the judge so you know hey judge here is the like here's testimony from whistleblowers that claim uh that hunter biden is getting all this preferential treatment you know you really need to think about this 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 really needs to be focused on because there's something you know crazy going on here you need to consider it Mm -hmm. so they submit that well some lawyer who happened to have like a a Lawyer that worked for a law firm that one of, it's hard to say, one of Hunter Biden's de- uh, defense attorneys used to work for a law firm and someone who worked at that law firm purportedly called and had that, all of that testimony removed. Now, according 200 Biden's defense attorneys and this other attorney who called it was all just a miscommunication and according to the attorney who called and ended up getting it removed it was I wasn't calling to do that I never said that I worked for the House Ways and Means Committee I never said that I was ex I never even said what law firm I worked for um the uh, the uh, clerk must have misheard me or misunderstood what I was calling about and then they removed it so it's all this clerk's fault mm. which okay so I to me legal trickery right Right. you know they go in they want to get this removed because they don't want it to be a matter of public record they don't want it to go in front of the judge uh, they don't want the judge seeing this whistleblower testimony and part of that could be to be completely honest is what what I think flat out without getting into all the legal beagle shit what I think happened is the democrats the biden regime was banking on the laziness of people they thought that look this is politically toxic uh it's going to be a politically friendly judge but it's also you know it's summer you know all of this other stuff is going on this judge is just going to want this to get want to get this off of her docket as fast as possible so we're just going to submit it there's going to be a plea agreement the judge is going to be like thank God get this the hell away from me bang gavel everything's fine sure but for one reason or another this judge wasn't lazy and started taking a look at the paperwork Mm -hmm. saw that there was something missing asked why is this missing? And then this created this uh, whole snafu where Hunter Biden's legal team, 9 p.m., by 9 p.m. the night before the actual arraignment, had to explain why someone affiliated with them called and documents got removed. Now, mm-hmm. they did their tap dance, their lawyer ease and all of this crap to keep people out of jail, but it does raise suspicion. Well, therein lies the problem because any normal person, much like how this judge would react, probably went, I need to take a look at this paperwork a little bit closer because something weird is happening here. So the judge does that and realizes that in Hunter Biden's plea agreement, he basically is being granted immunity from prosecution for potential future crimes. Crimes that he hasn't been charged for yet. Hmm. And that seems really suspicious. And so, of course, the judge wants to, you know, ask some questions about this plea agreement. And let me pull up the um, article here. Sorry, real quick. You guys are going to hear me type because I didn't have it uh, pulled up after I reset stuff. Um, so let's do Axios. That'll be a good one. Um, title of this article is rejected plea deal leaves Hunter Biden's team fuming. So Mm -hmm. Hunter Biden's legal team was angry and dejected late Wednesday after a plea deal to help the president's son avoid prison blew up in a chaotic three hour court hearing. Judge Mary Ellen Noreka's rejection of Biden's plea deal on tax charges ensures that legal issues will continue to shadow Biden just as Republicans on Capitol uh, Capitol Hill are turning up the heat in investigating his father. Wednesday's hearing also revealed a disconnect between Biden's lawyers and prosecutors over the terms of the plea deal and even subtle divisions among those on Biden's side. Hours huh. after the hearing, Biden's team was, f- was still fuming, suggesting that Noreka seemed intent on not letting the plea agreement go forward after deliberately questioning lawyers on both sides about the terms of the deal. But the judge's questioning did reveal a disagreement over whether the agreement on tax charges was linked to a gun charge against Biden. Prosecutors said it wasn't. Biden's team thought it was. And they repeatedly argued about it in open court. Noreka frustrated those involved in the case when, after two hours of questioning, she said she wasn't sure whether the structure of the proposed plea deal was constitutional. One member of Biden's team ruefully compared Noreka's, Noreka to Judge Lance Ito, who presided over O.J. the O.J. Simpson murder trial in 1995 and was widely criticized for letting it become chaotic. Others were quick to note that Noreka was appointed to the bench by former President Trump and suggested they'd uh, they uh, they'd have taken politics into consideration going forward. At times, Biden's team appeared exhausted by the continuing back and forth in court. Biden attorney Chris Clark reportedly mentioned how the investigation of Biden had gone gone on for five years and cited ten hour long meetings going line by line over my clients' taxes. Biden himself are also partially threw up his hands at one point, frustrated that that closure to his case wouldn't be coming. I know you wanted Mm -hmm. to get this done, she told Biden. I'm sorry, but I need more information. We need to get this right. Even if the charges against Biden are settled in the next month, the Justice Department has indicated its investigation of him is ongoing and House Republicans plan to hold, investigation, hold investigations into the investigation as they continue digging into the Biden family's business dealings. Uh, renowned D.C. lawyer Abe Lowell, who is handling Biden's congressional inquiries, came out of the courtroom audience Wednesday and gradually inserted himself into the hearing, a move likely to raise questions about his larger role in the case. At one point, Lowell went over to to Justice Department prosecutors and began introducing himself. Lowell and Clark have been publicly courteous uh, but also tried to carve out distinct lanes in representing the president's son. As prosecutors and Biden's team argued during contentious recess Wednesday, Lowell conferred with Biden his other lawyers and prosecutors. So it's hilarious because, of course, they're attacking the judge. That's what Axios is doing here. Um, Right. Because, well, of course they are. It... Courts can never be, uh, you know, courts can never be political um, when they rule in favor of Democrats, but they're always political when something bad happens to a Democrat. So big, big surprise there. The, the crazy part right. about it was there was a reference in this plea deal to the Foreign Agents Registration Act, which makes no sense. Hmm. Like, why would why would that be necessary? right?
1: Good question. Yeah.
0: But for some weird reason, uh, there was something in his plea deal that said that he would n- he would be immune from prosecution with regards to the Foreign Agent Registration Act. Well, that just so happens to be the act that the uh, House Republicans would use as a vector uh, to start investigating some of the money laundering that's going on uh, with Biden. And so the idea here is now understand this a plea arrangement is made by the prosecution that would be the department of justice biden's department of justice that's how a plea deal works they come to the you know person who's being charged and say we are willing to reduce your sentence for x usually you have to give something right yeah well hunter biden didn't have to give anything they just gave him a plea agreement hey We'll just not charge you to the full extent of the law. In fact, they dropped two felonies off, which is the whole reason why there was an IRS whistleblower who was like, yeah, this is actually in violation of the DOJ's own rules. So Mm. Biden's DOJ offered a plea agreement to Biden's son that would have also exempted him from future prosecution.
1: Interesting. So it sounds like he's absolutely guilty of violating this <laughs> foreign, you know, agent foreign agents act.
0: registration act. Well, so yeah, the, the the insane part about that is they probably thought they had a huge win. He would go into court, he would accept the plea agreement, and then like he would go into court, he would accept the plea agreement, and then they would smugly stare at Republicans and be like. Good luck on an investigation into Joe Biden, because now the one guy that you would have to basically leverage for this, you can't charge him. Yeah. How like. I know it's not typically how people want to think the world works, but I think it's on them to prove me wrong. This was a Democrat attempt to shut down the investigations being done by Republicans into money laundering. By the Biden crime family. Right. And it just got blown up. Now, Hunter Biden pled not guilty, which means he's not taking a plea deal. You have to plead guilty to take a plea deal. That's the plea. So now it's going to go to trial, presumably, unless maybe they try to work out some other plea deal, but it doesn't matter. Because if this is going to go to trial and now that there's all of this focus on the plea agreement and understand that part of the reason why there's the focus on this plea agreement is because of those IRS whistleblowers. You know, the ones that Democrats are saying aren't real whistleblowers and it's all that even though one of them has been a Democrat his whole life, he's like a gay Democrat, has been his whole life. All of a sudden, he's actually really just a huge MAGA Republican. You know, they're trying to destroy all of these people. Mm-hmm. The fact is, this is what's going to happen if this goes to trial. Right. Understand that we know that a confidential human source from the FBI has had conversations with the CEO of Burisma, who claimed that he was paid $10 million, or he paid $10 million, $5 million to Hunter Biden and $5 million to Joe Biden. To get the prosecutor who is investigating Burisma fired. We know we have Joe Biden on tape. We've played it on this show previously saying that he's the reason why the prosecutor got fired. That same prosecutor. He's the reason why he withheld a billion dollars in funding from Ukraine until they fired that prosecutor. Yeah. So we know. Those things like this, this all makes sense. The, the weirdest part is a lot of the revelations that are coming out. Alan and I are sitting there going, we've told this to our audience for years. Yep. Like it almost feels stupid because we're like, well, is this groundhog's day? We already know this. We've been saying yeah. this for years. Like, I don't understand. The point is the FBI knew about it. It came from a source that the FBI says is credible. Suddenly they're tap dancing about the credibility of this, but they said it was credible at the time. And then for some reason, nothing ever happened. You literally had a confidential human source who said, I have spoken to the CEO of Burisma. And he said that he has paid the vice president of the United States millions of dollars to fire a prosecutor looking into his company. And the FBI just went, "Mm, oh, well, that's
1: weird. Crazy, right? It's not our priority. Mm -hmm. Additionally, I always like to remember and remind. I always also like to remind people that the uh, the major political donor that contributed the vast majority of funds to the election campaign campaign of current Ukrainian president Zelensky is a billionaire oligarch who owns Burisma, the same company that was paying Hunter Biden, the same company that was. Involved in this whole bribery scheme is the same company owned by the oligarch responsible for getting Zelensky elected.
0: Now, in addition to that, the reason why I'm saying Joe Biden has to resign, they start investigating this. Do mm-hmm. you think for a minute? that the vice president is getting money from Ukraine. And now we're seeing, obviously, we've already talked about how this is possible. And now apparently Republicans actually have evidence of money coming in from China. This is happening while Joe Biden is the vice president of the United States. He's getting money from China. He's getting money from Ukraine. Hunter Biden or the Bidens in general, the Biden family, Has over 170 suspicious activity reports that were filed by banks with which they do business. Suspicious activity reports are exceedingly rare. 170 is insane. If there was any company, if there was Mm -hmm. any company that had a suspicious activity report um, that had more than a couple, there would likely be some sort of massive investigation into that company because the likelihood of money laundering is extremely high. Sure. Well, there's 170. It's completely unheard of. Now, these suspicious activity reports were coming in during the Obama years. At least some of them. And you mean to tell me now the suspicious activity reports go to the Secret Service. The Secret Service is the ones that uh, investigate financial crime and they would also show up to the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS. Right. Do you think for a second that anybody with the last name Biden could have an investigation by a federal authority like the Secret Service or the Internal Revenue Service and somebody isn't going to walk up and say, you should probably tell the president. And so Barack Obama would be informed hey dude, are you aware that there's some goings-on with your VP? You probably yeah. should know. Of course right. that's going to happen.
1: Of course. All of this all of this corruption with Ukrainian billionaires was happening under the Obama presidency mm-hmm. with Hillary Clinton as the Secretary of State, who was also taking a huge amount of money from Ukrainian donors into her Clinton Foundation. Mm-hmm. And it is impossible to think that they were all doing this in secret, independent of each other. And Obama for sure knew this, knew about this was going on. Hillary Clinton knew this was going on. Joe Biden knew all this was going on. And I think that I could claim, without needing a whole lot more evidence, that they were all doing it in coordination with each other.
0: I'll even one-up you on that. Okay. Hillary Clinton obviously wasn't the Secretary of State the whole time. The second Secretary of State was John Kerry. He certainly knew what was going on because his stepson, Devin Archer, is Hunter Biden's business partner.
1: Okay. So all of (laughs) them are are knowingly working with foreign governments for basically corrupt ends. Yes. And because this is the executive branch, you then have to, I then wonder how much of the DOJ the intelligence community, et cetera, were these same group of people, the basically the Obama administration, co-opting, subverting, and using to pull off fraud like this? And how much more have they done that we don't know about? Clearly they were, like, you could, I think a lot of people have made this claim, but now I think we can basically prove and say the Obama administration was a thoroughly criminal administration abusing its power to basically enrich the people in charge right
0: well and this is so um colleen on our chats like this isn't corruption anymore it's either treason or subversion well yeah. I mean, yeah, you're you're selling out the United States. And I I, I think that there's another connection here, and I'll, I'll get to the overall on it, is so not only is there all this corruption that's going on, right, with the money changing hands, money laundering, all of that. Now, uh, part of the money laundering, I'll explain, well, we don't need to get into I'm trying to keep out of the weeds on a lot of this because, to be honest, it gets boring. Um, sure. And the overall aspect of it still stays the same. One of the things that needs to be brought up, too, is, you know, the the DOJ seems to be really really uh, focused on or really concerned about classified documents when they come to Donald Trump, but they seem remarkably unconcerned about classified documents that were in pos- possession of Joe Biden. Right. Um. Strangely enough.
1: Oh, additionally, don't mm-hmm. forget Hillary Clinton's and her oh, yeah. server full of classified documents she had at home. Right. Uh, there's patterns to all of this that start becoming apparent. Right. At least with Joe Biden, and Hillary Clinton, there is a clear pattern of we're hoarding a bunch of classified documents and we're t- taking bribes from foreign companies or foreign individuals. Now, and I feel like, well, those two things are probably related. One, I would almost guarantee that both of them were using the classified, the top secret intelligence apparatus of the United States to, or the covert intelligence apparatus of the United States and the. Uh, a. Basically, the capabilities of the U.S. State Department to set up corrupt business deals and then hide all the money transfer.
0: Right. Now, what you have to understand is, of course, everybody looks at it and says, oh, well, companies want to influence people in power so those people could then use their power uh, to the advantage of the company. And yeah. you're, and you're of right.
1: course, that's the case. But we should all get a little angry when that's successful.
0: <laughs> well. But there's another thing too, there's a very hot commodity that people never think about except you and I think about all the time. In fact, we take, um, uh, we we, we a lot of times almost ignore it, We're, we forget that most people don't know and that's information. There's an extreme sure. amount of value in information, primarily things like classified information collected by the intelligence community. Mm-hmm. This is such a big deal that for those of you who aren't aware your finances are under scrutiny if you have a clearance with the federal government. Right. Because you can get paid a good amount of money by other countries for classified information. It is worth its weight in gold.
1: Yeah. For for example, if you are say working in an in a if you have a top clearance and you're working in classified spaces and you suddenly get like a hundred thousand dollars shows up in your bank account Mm -hmm. people are going to want to ask questions about that
0: and they can (laughs) in fact Mm -hmm. if you don't report it and they find out about it you are actually (laughs) you're immediately on the defense (laughs) you have to is this what you were
1: is this what you meant when you said that there were suspicious transactions
0: um like oh like the the the
1: With Hunter Biden's account. So they said there was 170 suspicious transactions that nobody looked into.
0: Right. So a suspicious activity report, what what that would be is what what triggers something like that is, let's say, your bank account. You know, there's... Banks, it's very easy to do analytics on a bank account, right? People kind of have Mm -hmm. the same habits. They get paid on similar days. They get paid similar amounts, right? Sure. Well, they also get paid by things. So... For example, um, you know, if you get money brought in, like let's say you just get money because you do something with the equity in your house. Well, the bank might think that that's suspicious because it's a sudden glut of money. But then they look at the transaction and they go, "Oh, that's a you know, uh, that's a mortgage company. So that makes sense. Right. Nothing suspicious. What triggers a suspicious activity report or SAR is somebody has fifty thousand dollars in their account, and then all of a sudden. There's 3 million. Right.
1: From from essentially an unexplainable source.
0: Right. Yeah. It it comes in from an inexplicable source. Or sometimes another thing that can trigger a a suspicious activity report is when the transaction comes from a known target.
1: Hmm.
0: Criminals, foreign countries, you know, things like that. So that sure. by the way, that fifty thousand dollars and that three million, those are known facts. Uh James Comer, the uh chair, um well, I can't remember what committee he's on. Doesn't matter, he's part of the investigation into uh into Biden. One of the trails that they followed was a friend of the Biden family who had an account for ten years that had fifty thousand dollars in it suddenly got $3 million and then took $1.5 million and dispersed it out among a bunch of shell companies that all traced back to a Biden. And it all came from China. We had talked about this probably two years ago where we brought up how Joe Biden's family was getting a bunch of money from China. Credit cards were being paid off. Mortgages were being paid off by uh, Chinese-affiliated businesses that were also directly affiliated to the Chinese Communist Party. Right. Also, so (laughs) I'll get into the weeds a little bit for fun here. Um, There's a book series because... Sorry, guys. I'm going to adjust. There's a book series that I read, and I find stuff interesting so a friend of mine told me that I needed to read this this book series about a spy and um, it's about an Israeli spy and she thought that I would Ooh. find it really cool and at first I did and then it got lame because of course it did uh, but it's by a, an author known as Daniel Silva and it's the Gabriel Alon series
1: Ooh.
0: now the concept of it's it's interesting and it is kind of fun. It starts out really fun and then it gets dumb and political because liberals literally can't. They can't not. Um the interesting part about it is Daniel Silva is widely respected in liberal circles. They just love the shit out of him and his wife happens to work for CNN. Oh, so that's nice. Let's just note some of that. But of course, he writes fiction. But this is what I find Fascinating. So the cover of The Spy, Gabriel Gabriel Alon, is he's an art restorer. And he's actually a really good one. Like he went to school to be an art restorer in the, you know, Mossad or whomever. Uh, basically had him, he would go around and do art restoration. And then when they needed him to go kill somebody, they would get him to go kill somebody. Okay. You know, <laughs> totally fine. As you do. One of the weirdest things is in his book... In one of the books, there's an oligarch, I believe, I think it's an oligarch, who, no, I'm sorry, it was Syria. Um, They were talking about how the Syrian regime funds itself, and they bring up this entire subject about art, how Mm -hmm. art in the black market is used for money laundering. Right. Right. Because, you know, you can only sell it on the black market, things are priceless, but people will steal art or buy art as a method of laundering money. Now, of course, this makes sense. It pushes the plot forward. How does the art-restoring spy get his in with the criminal enterprise or the Russians or the, you know, Syrians or or the Saudis or whoever, right? But there have been multiple instances in this book series where someone's using art... As a method to launder money. Mm-hmm. So I, I I brought this up years ago when Hunter Biden suddenly became a, an artist and people were buying his art for like a crapload of money. And yeah. I was like, I, I even just to be a dick on Twitter, I tagged the author, Daniel Silva. And I was like, oh, man, doesn't this seem crazy? It's the same subject as your books. Isn't that weird? Now, obviously, that didn't go over well, <laughs> but we just found out that Hunter Biden, the person who was buying Hunter Biden's art, was a huge Democrat downer who got a nice position from Joe Biden.
1: Oh, well, that certainly sounds very morally suspicious.
0: I mean, it sounds a lot like, I don't know, money laundering. Yeah, yeah point is so there there's a lot of this and it's it's hilarious because they're going to run out of um they're going to run out of the excuses that they get um yeah they're they're going to run out of excuses that they get to cover a lot of this up in fact i want to cover this art thing because it is interesting real quick so james comer is Probing. It's the House Oversight Committee, by the way. That's what he's the chairman of. Okay. This is from the House Oversight Committee. The House Committee on Oversight and Accountability Chairman James Comer is furthering an investigation into how Hunter Biden has used his new art career to peddle influence and access to the White House, despite the White House starting uh, stating the identity of Hunter Biden's Biden art purchasers would be concealed. Democrat donor Elizabeth Hirsch Naftali was revealed to have purchased at least one piece of Hunter Biden's artwork. She was appointed by President Biden to the Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad, a position within the Biden administration. In a letter to Ms. Hirsch Naftali and White House Counsel Stuart Delery, Chairman Comer is requesting information related to to Ms. hirsch Holly's purchase of Hunter Biden's artwork, her appointment to the commission, and the White House's involvement in the sale of Biden's artwork. Hmm. I Wait. mean, that makes sense, right? Uh, certainly does, yeah. So somebody buys art for an egregious amount of money and then gets appointed to a position on, you know, a, a cushy position within the administration on some commission. Yeah, Seems they're reasonable. they're buying influence. That's what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to buy his shitty art. <laughs> like, it it it's as simple as that. And on, honestly, as dumb as this sounds, if Trump was doing it, they would be they would be setting their hair on fire, and there would already be a special counsel. Right. If Eric Trump was drawing stick figures with boobs on it and somebody paid a million dollars and then got a position. And and I, I think that that's the most infuriating part. We know. That I'll put it this way. We know that Democrats would have been losing their damn minds the entire time that this was going on if any of Trump's kids were doing anything like this. There wouldn't be any bullshit about, well, they're private citizens. They're just, you know, poor, poor Hunter Biden's just a poor drug addict that's just trying his best. Well, leave the poor young man alone. just, Just make
1: it, just to make it in this cruel, mean world.
0: Yeah. None of that would happen. And by the way, the converse of it is there would actually be plenty of Republicans and there still are plenty of Republicans that would say this is bad. Yes. Like yeah. This is bad because even even though we know that the Biden DOJ is absolutely targeting Trump, there are a lot of Republicans that are like you know, I can't I can't be complete I can't be a complete asshole about it when people say but if Donald Trump wasn't Donald Trump this wouldn't be as easy
1: <laughs> yeah that's true
0: <laughs> <laughs> like that's a hard debate you know but we at least have the wherewithal of looking at stuff and saying you know okay like this probably is just political targeting but at the same time I just we're not the same at the end of the day mm-hmm. we are not the same Every single Democrat is going to sit there and be like, there's nothing to see here. This is all just bullshit. And it's like, guys, this really looks like money laundering. And they're going to be like, nope, 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 nope. If no the money is money laundering
1: here? Get out of there. No, no, no. We're not <laughs> buying and peddling influence. <laughs> you're money laundering. Well, or the, be, the best dodge I've seen with this sort of thing is, well, that's just the president's son. It's not the president.
0: Right. Oh, he's a private citizen. Yeah. And it's like anyway. Point is um this is a big deal. Obviously, I believe that, you know, I, I think it's becoming more and more obvious, and we've known for a long time, that Joe Biden has used Hunter as a vector to gain money. And mm-hmm. you know, that, that's that's how they're financing themselves, that's how they're ingratiating themselves. I think that this is a huge scandal. Now instead of going and continuing to pull these threads, because I'd love to, I could talk about this all day because it is actually fascinating. Um, and the facts of this matter at the end of the day, this is why Joe Biden will resign. So
1: Hmm.
0: understand. And it's, it's not because look, the Democrats don't care about protecting Joe Biden. Joe Biden's a joke. Nobody in the Democrat party takes him seriously. Um, like Literally, nobody takes him seriously. He's merely a puppet. In fact, the entire reason why Joe Biden exists is because he's easily malleable. Think about this for a second, guys. Joe Biden's the president of the United States, but he literally can't buck the system. He can't go against what, say, the Democrat donors want or what other Democrats want. Why? Because they know where all of Joe Biden's bodies are buried. Every single one. This guy's been ingratiating himself through money laundering for decades. And everyone knows it. That makes him malleable. There's a reason why we don't like the idea of this kind of activity happening with our government officials because it makes them susceptible to influence. Mm -hmm. Well, that makes him a really great pick to have when the Democrat Party is in its death throes because of somebody like Donald Trump coming in and blowing up the entire fucking system. With that being said, if an investigation starts happening into Joe Biden, it's not going to just be into Joe Biden. It's going to be into Hillary Clinton, which also, by the way, will include Bill Clinton. It's going to be into John Kerry. It's going to be into Barack Obama. The last 30 years of Democrat power, will be brought in front of Congress, brought in front of a special counsel, brought in front of a court, and have to say what they knew and when they knew it. Literally, the entire Democrat Party could potentially go on trial. You can't have the Clintons, the Obamas, the Carries, all of those people going in front of You know, basically in front of cameras, going in front of a court, going in front of a prosecutor and being asked questions about what they knew about money that was changing hands. And notice I said those names and those names are like you have a former president. You have two former presidents of the United States. You have former secretaries of state, you know, within those administrations. You have a first lady that was also a former secretary of state. It's insane. This is the entire powerhouse Of the Democrat Party for the last 30 years, all of which are probably at least tangentially, at best tangentially involved. Yeah. The Democrats will not, they will not take that kind of risk. Mm -hmm. So the only option that they have, unless something crazy happens where... All of this is all this magically goes away, like Hunter Biden accidentally commits suicide or ODs. I mean, I don't, I'm not wishing that on anybody. I'm just saying, I'm unless just saying Hunter, I wouldn't be
1: surprised.
0: Unless Hunter Biden somehow disappears, the only way that this actually goes away is Joe Biden pardons Hunter and resigns from office, and is then pardoned by President Kamala Harris and the democrat that would party will be a
1: hell of a thing to happen
0: the democrat party will risk losing 2024 to ensure that the last 30 years of democrat rule doesn't suddenly get a magnifying glass on it and everyone realizes that it's been a massive criminal money laundering enterprise it is not a political party it is a massive criminal money laundering enterprise it's yeah. simple as that folks The Democrat Party has never been a political party, at least not in recent memory, at least not in my lifetime. It has been a massive money laundering enterprise, and it is an international money laundering enterprise.
1: Yeah. This is why I say that it's such a threat to the rest of us. It's a threat to the Uh, To just the future of America, because it's a it's a criminal organization masquerading as a political party with the power of the state to both hide its corruption and in and perpetrate its corruption. And that's what makes them so dangerous.
0: The United States started a civil war in Ukraine to cover up their corruption. Then the United States is now funding a war against Russia in Ukraine to cover up their corruption. The, I, I, I think about that for a second. So we we absolutely had influence on the Maidan protests that caused a coup in Ukraine. And it was because the president, the president of Ukraine, who was democratically elected, the president of Ukraine was thrown out of office because he was too cozy with the people that were asking too many questions about U.S. money laundering and corruption. That happens to be the Russian government. Because that's a big win for Russia. You can think Russia's evil, but uh, if your adversary's laundering money through Ukraine, like you kind of lose the moral high ground, folks. But yeah. these people were definitely asking a lot of questions, and so what happens? All of a sudden, that government collapse uh, collapses. Big shock. Now, now that that's you know now that that's collapsed. So that that collapses, they have the Maidan protest which results in a civil war. Because basically a bunch of western influence gets involved in Ukraine and they oh, they they coup out a president that was mo- that was I mean he was elected, but for yeah. the most part a lot of his support came from eastern eastern Ukraine.
1: Exactly. A lot. And and then after the protest the the parliamentarians of eastern Ukraine that were on the same party as the G- the pre the president who was cooed out of office, were forced out of parliament. This right. is why, I, when I learned all this, I, my view on the Ukrainian conflict greatly shifted. Mm-hmm. Because it was after this coup, essentially the political representation of an entire swath of the country, essentially everyone who voted for the wrong guy, suddenly were stripped of their political representation. And it's no wonder that those people then said, well, we don't want to be part of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. We're going to... Secede from Ukraine to care, declare independence because clearly this is a hostile country. This right. country is is now run by people openly hostile to us.
0: Right. Yeah. So, in a surprise to nobody, <laughs> a civil war breaks out. Yeah. So, of course, civil war breaks out. This happens. Um. So, anyway, sorry. There, there was a big civil war. And then obviously this continues to be a problem and now Russia starts rolling in and we're deeply involved. There's a ton of money being pumped in there, and all of this is to cover money laundering. Now, is it possible that it's not just Democrats involved? Of course it's possible.
1: In fact, it's probably more like most likely yeah. that there are that there are non Democrats involved in this. Yeah, the
0: Uniparty wants to get in get in on this game. And so I get it. But the point is, is like anybody, anybody who started looking into this was gone after. I mean, Paul Manafort, Trump's campaign advisor. He was actually on the campaign of the president who got cooed out. And then suddenly he was being investigated and they wanted to throw him in jail. Trump had to pardon him. Donald Trump. I want everyone to understand. Donald Trump got impeached for a phone call to Zelensky saying that there's something suspicious going on with, Hunter, with with the Biden family, and I want you to look into it. And they impeached him for it. Yeah. The Democrats impeached him for that. And guess what, folks? There's something suspicious going on with the Biden <laughs> family in Ukraine. They impeached him the sitting president of the United States of America because he was getting too close to the
1: truth. As hilarious and crazy as it is to say that it sounds like the plot of a movie.
0: It does a bad plot of a movie. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, but it, but it's true. And now it's true.
1: You're right. You're not wrong.
0: Yeah, but it's true. That's exactly what happened. And here we are. So the point is is that they like that this is like I said, unless I'm missing something crazy happening, I have a feeling that this is what's going to happen. Now Colleen's asking in the chat here, wouldn't they still have to be investigated and tried in order to be pardoned? I don't know all of the legal backgrounds of it, because obviously I'm not a lawyer, but Nixon was not tried or convicted of anything. He was you know, there was um there was an impeachment. I don't even think he was impeached. I think they were talking about impeaching him.
1: Yeah, I and don't know if resigned. articles... I would have to check to see if articles of impeachment were actually uh, submitted and voted on. But he resigned before any of this could happen. He's he like, resigned. I yeah, he and... saw the writing on the wall. He knew that he's like, uh, there's no way I win from this. And if I do beat this, say, in court, the political damage is done and my presidency is basically over. There's no re-election after this. And... So he resigned,
0: right? And then, and then Gerald R. Ford pardoned him, right? So there's at least a we we at least have a use case where it doesn't look like there needs to necessarily be charges actually filed for a pardon. Mm -hmm. Um, and to be. And to be completely honest, I could see the Republicans being like, no, I don't think, uh, so I, uh, another thing from the chat, I don't think he resigns and Kamala pardons both of them. He has to take the political damage. Yeah. Here's how it'll work. Biden will pardon Hunter and then resign because the political damage from him pardoning Hunter is going to be too much. It's preferential treatment of his son. But he needs that to be yeah. on him. And then, of course, the Republicans like, are not Republicans, but of course, the Democrats are going to say, of course, he pardoned his son. It's his kid. I would pardon my son, too. like Flat out. Right. Like, it's, it's just like I I can't I, I can't be I'm not going to be a dick and I'm not going to be unreasonable here. I would absolutely have pardoned my son, too. If I was the president of the United States and somebody was going to put my kid in jail, I would pardon them 100 percent. You're not, my kid does not go to jail. I would do everything in my power to keep my children out of prison. Sure. Like I'm a parent, duh. (laughs) So, I mean, I would like to think that my kid wouldn't be a crackhead laundering money, but you know, (laughs) the future, (laughs) the future is very uncertain. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: But the point is, is that, yeah, that makes sense. And and, uh, it's one of those things that is, would be wildly unsurprising. Right. You know, of course he's going to pardon his kid. So he's going to take that political damage. Kamala can then turn around and say that she's pardoning Joe Biden against the, uh, you know, she's going to pardon Joe Biden against the, you know, ridiculous attacks of Republicans and she'll just say I'm pardoning Joe Biden against these ridiculous attacks by Republicans that are politically divisive and blah like he's not guilty but we're like we need to turn a page in this chapter of American history and get away from these politically motivated investigations and blah, blah, blah. Like there, it's going to be amazing because it'll be a situation where we look at it and go, so you're going to stop prosecuting Trump. Right. And they'll be like, Oh no, no, we we just, no Trump
1: responsible January 6th, which was, which was an attack on our democracy. Right. And that's actually a very, uh, so I think that might even be unnecessary to even pardon Joe Biden, because I think if, Say Joe Biden pardons Hunter and then resigns in disgrace. Mm -hmm. The rest of the Democrat Party can throw him under the bus. And I would bet dollars to donuts that the Republican Party would then be offered the terms of, listen, just don't like hold Biden accountable. He'll disappear into obscurity yeah. and you don't have to make any more messy political theater. And I could see a lot of debt Republicans going, that's a good enough deal. We got Joe Biden out. We, his son's gone. They've resigned in disgrace. Let's not push it any further. We don't need to go after this senile old man. And I think it would even be unnecessary for president Harris to pardon him. They just look and go, we're going to win the next election. Why do we need to be vengeful? Let's not, you know, be unseemly about this. Yeah. But the option would be there. The option would be there. Essentially, the threat would be if you try to pursue any of these charges, we're just going to get him off again. We know we've lost the next election. We don't already. We don't care.
0: I think the reason for the pardoning, and I understand what you're saying, Mm -hmm. but I think the reason for the pardoning is the legal aspect of it not being able to be used for blackmail by the Republicans in the future. You take... So Joe Biden would be the source the vector that you would use to investigate to then find the connections to the Clintons the Obamas the Carries, all of the power oh, players I see, I, see, I see so they would have they would basically have to take that completely off the table and Kamala I see, Harris that makes sense Kamala sure. Harris would know that like she's not gonna win in fact she can even wait. She can wait until like, oh, the election happened and Kamala Harris lost because she's Kamala Harris. And then she goes, oh, well, that's crazy. I'm going to pardon Joe Biden. K-bye. Okay,
1: yeah. Like and, in my last days in office, because you, you know, I mean, the president basically sits, sits there for a little while after the election. Yeah, it's like so 20 we, days I'm pardoning, I'm pardoning everybody. And it's like, well, that's going to make you look craven and politically motivated. Don't care.
0: Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> like, I was the president of the United States for, you know, a year. Yeah. And of yeah. course, and of course, you know, there's going to be this orgasmic celebration of first black woman, you know, first, she's going to uh, suddenly be black again. It'll be the first black Indian woman uh, president.
1: Oh, wow. That's going to be very exciting.
0: And she'll lose. She'll, she'll lose. And well, and that's the whole thing too, is I think part of the problem is we've had a lot of really interesting and great conversations on our discord, um, when it comes to the kind of arguments about Trump and DeSantis and all this other stuff. And I think, um, I think part of the reason why I get down into that is I just may, maybe I'm too optimistic. It's entirely possible. I just don't see how, no matter who the nominee is. They win. I just don't see how twenty twenty-four isn't a GOP victory. It certainly seems
1: that way. I I I agree. It is difficult for me to look at twenty twenty-four and think that the Democrats have any kind of chance.
0: Yeah, because like regardless
1: of who the nominee is. I mean, it could be Trump, it could be DeSantis, it could be any of these people, and it just seems bizarre to think that the Democrats are going to be able to pull a win out unless they resort to massive fraud. But I just feel like even that would be more glaring than it was in 2020. It'd have I, to be. If if they
0: if they're able to commit fraud again, we deserve to lose because our sure. party is just not equipped to properly fight. There needs to be like a new party. <laughs> sure. I, I just no flat out like it's just okay. The COVID stuff—I mean, it makes sense, right? It makes sense that, like, even even if if you're one of those people that wants to play the whole game of like, you know, you know, what is the fraud and whatever, uh, meaning like there wasn't fraud, it wasn't blah. It's there, there was at least in a sense, even at a minimal sense. um, If one reason why I will distrust a person, a good way to make me distrust a person quickly is when they suggest that nothing weird happened during COVID in the 2020 election. Because sure. plenty of weird things happened. Now, whether or not you think votes were changed or faked or whatever, okay, I understand that that's debatable. What's not debatable is Democrats spending millions of dollars and having a massive legal uh, outfit that was out there changing the freaking rules of yeah. an election right before an election. That somehow magically got a senile old man 81 million votes. So regardless if you think votes were changed, everything that happened in 2020 was bullshit, but it was predicated on COVID.
1: That's true. And they don't have that now. Yeah. It does change the game.
0: Right. Well, and I think that the reason why they were desperate was a second term of Donald Trump would have revealed all of this corruption. Sure. So yep. like I I think that the, these are the efforts that they take to hide their corruption. I think it's it's simple it's simple as that. But this is why I think that Joe Biden's going to resign. Now, with that being said, let's get into some of the weirdness that I was talking about earlier in the show because I think we've we've made our case here on this and mm-hmm. there will be more to come uh when once You know, I like to wait for the dust to settle a little bit because when it gets into legal stuff, like you always kind of feel like you get bamboozled, but it's because there's a lot of trickery that, you know, I may not be aware of and well, lawyers are just awful. Um, So that's how it always works. Now, when we want to get into weirdness, I have a theory and it sounds insane, but let me paint the picture for you. I think the Trump campaign is being crazy. And I cannot figure out why. And it has been bothering me. And I've had to annoy Alan about it. And I've had to annoy and frustrate people on our Discord about it. And let me explain it. There's all this corruption stuff going on with Joe Biden. There's all this, there's this terrible economy that's happening. Donald Trump is obviously very much in the lead talking about the primaries. Because he's the former president, widely loved by the GOP. Why is the Trump campaign spending so much time attacking Ron DeSantis? And the problem, here's part of the problem. The lines are blurred between who's actually officially on the campaign for Donald Trump and who's Mm -hmm. just some sycophant apparatchik. You know, media person or, you know, social media influencer. Just some guy. Yeah. So it it gets difficult. I don't want to, I don't want to accidentally apply statements made by random people to Donald Trump. But at the same time, I don't see them refuting it and they should be paying attention, right? Makes sense. Someone's using your name, your brand, your whatever. You should probably pay attention to it. I'll give you a couple of examples of weird things that uh, make me throw my hands up and go, what What the, What the? are you doing? So last week, Kamala Harris made a comment about the curriculum in Florida, claiming that in the curriculum of Florida, because they, they took out. So uh, Ron DeSantis started a commission to go through the curriculum of Florida and get rid of critical race theory and all the woke bullshit that was in the school curriculum. So part of that was going into things like the you know African American you know African American study stuff and things like that, US history and whatever. And sure. there is obviously a bunch of woke bullshit, a bunch of lies, things like the 1619 project, which was wildly refuted by historians as being complete nonsense. Yeah. Well, the claim made by Kamala Harris and liberal media outlets is that the DeSantis campaign was claiming that slavery was a net benefit in the United, or a net benefit to blacks, because it gave blacks skills that once they were freed, um, they were able to use to feed their family. Now, okay, that claim is not made at all in the Florida curriculum. It's not in there. There's no statement that claims that slavery was a net benefit for slaves because they were able to learn skills. It's just simply untrue. For some reason, though, the Trump campaign picked up on it and started running with this claim. And they started putting out that Ron DeSantis' curriculum claims that slavery was a net benefit. And they talked about how awful that was and how terrible it was for the DeSantis campaign to like have that. And ooh, isn't isn't that crazy? And it became so prevalent in political circles that people like Tim Scott, who's also running for president, was asked about it. So, Tim Scott got asked, How do you feel about the Florida curriculum uh, suggesting that slavery was a net benefit? And of course, Tim Scott is like, Oh my God, that's like insane and stupid. I can't believe, you know, whatever. Like, slavery was terrible, and that's what needs to be taught about it is how it was terrible and un American and blah. And Byron Donalds, I believe, got involved. Uh, who's kind of an up-and-coming Republican in Florida, uh, who was a huge defender of Trump during, you know, especially defending him when it came to the um, investigations that are happening under the Biden DOJ. And he got involved and started, you know, talking about how, like, bad and, and dumb, like, this, you know, like, basically, this is idiotic. Why would the DeSantis campaign say these things? Like... That's insane. The inference in itself is absolutely offensive. And basically, like, this guy just killed his, you know, presidential campaign on such a stupid thing. Well, yeah. first of all, nobody from the DeSantis campaign said it. It was not a thing. It was not true. It was, it was a complete lie. Fabricated from somewhere. Some people say the liberal media. Some people say it was fabricated by the Trump campaign. My question is, why is the Trump campaign running the same kind of attacks as Kamala Harris and the liberal media? That makes me uncomfortable.
1: That certainly seems weird.
0: These people aren't our friends. And somebody can maybe make the claim You know, somebody can make the claim of like, well, you know, use, use the weapons at your disposal, but don't tell me that you're going to fight the liberal media when you use them as a weapon as well. Right. Like, also, I hate to say it. It's like, guys, this is the same kind of attack that happens to Trump all the time. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, yeah, and it's bullshit when it happens to Trump because the lying media. Okay, well, then don't use the lying media like then. Then it's bad. It's. We don't like it because we consider it morally reprehensible for the media to be allowed to make up lies about, you know, politicians we like. Now yeah. it feels a lot like the Trump campaign is saying, well, no, it's okay that the media lies as long as they're telling our lies. And that, I don't think, is what anybody in MAGA or America First, I don't, I don't think anybody agreed to that.
1: I would kind of agree. I think that nobody I'm just very suspicious by, about all of this. It seems so bizarre.
0: And then so th- that was that was the, the uh, that that was that's the first instance of something weird. Now, next thing that's weird. So Chip Roy of Texas, who we have played clips of on this program. I like him. I think he's great. Uh, super mm-hmm. fierce about the border. Um he's very loud. <laughs> and and angry and i think that that's awesome
1: and who doesn't love that
0: yeah who who doesn't love that you know he sits there with his you know bald head and his goatee and just just drags especially when it comes to um the director of the DHS Alejandro Mayorkas and his failures at protecting the border he just rips this dude up and down and it is awesome to watch Well, apparently, according to Trump World, he's a rhino. He's a rhino globalist like George W. Bush Uh, Uh and, and like like John McCain, because Chip Roy endorsed Ron DeSantis. Huh. So. There's a lot of things that I consider to be a bridge too far. And for those. Well, I'll get to that in a second. There's okay. a lot of things that I can consider to be a bridge too far. But if you're going to start trying to tell me that Chip Roy is he's actually a rhino. He's really just a rhino just because he doesn't support Trump. um, No, like n- now I know you're just lying. Now I know like I hate to say it. It's like if if you don't like being called a Trump cult, don't act like a Trump cult. Yeah. Like the problem is, is um, I can actually like both people. For example, I like Ron DeSantis. I've praised him plenty of times on this program prior to the primaries. Mm-hmm. And so did everyone else. So did everyone else, every Republican. Every single Republican praised Ron DeSantis. Every single one. People who work in Trump's campaign right now praised Ron DeSantis. Every single one of them did. He was doing a great job until he decided to run against Donald Trump. Then magically, he became a rhino. He became actually a globalist. That's how we know it's bullshit. And I'm sorry. But like, you're full of it, man.
1: I guess it's... We were talking last night about this. Mm-hmm. And I can understand... So the, the big... The, yeah. I think the the reason why there are these Trump, I guess, surrogates that keep making these claims that anyone that isn't supportive of Trump or anyone that is not extremely supportive of Trump, however they want to describe it, is somehow a traitor makes sense to me if I think of it in terms of if Trump doesn't get the nomination, he goes to jail.
0: Right. Now, I like this because this is the thing that you're not allowed to say. So there was, um, I can't even remember his first name. His last name is Heard. He's hmm. a, a congressman that no one's ever heard of uh, that's apparently also running for president. And at Iowa this week, he said That Donald Trump is only running to stay out of jail, which, by the way, early on in the campaign, I don't know if I said it on the program, but I certainly said it to you, Alan, was not not suggesting that it was going on. But it was one of those because you all have to understand, we have to look at every possible angle if we want to do proper analysis. And especially when Trump basically was just sitting on truth social and we weren't seeing any sort of discussion from him i was like mm-hmm. man it just doesn't seem like he cares that he's running and i was like we got to be kind of worried what if he's just running to keep himself out of jail
1: i think that's a very valid worry
0: it is a valid worry and now but you're not allowed to say it now i i understand this guy heard getting booed off stage at an iowa thing that's a really stupid place to even say it but it is something you have to think about. I'm not suggesting, I'm not saying that that's necessarily what Trump is doing, but to be fair, it is his best legal argument. Yeah. I mean, like that is undeniable. Uh, so, but it's something worth considering. The point is though, to what you were saying is I think part of, because, well, here's the real big question. We are told that Ron DeSantis doesn't have a chance in hell. He's doing so bad. His campaign's terrible. Oh my God, it's already over. It's already over for him. I don't know if y'all knew that, but it's already over. The primary's already over. Ron DeSantis, just not going to make it. Sure. Cool. So why are you expending so much energy attacking Ron DeSantis if he's not a threat to you at all?
1: This is the part that is, I think, very curious. Mm -hmm. Trump clearly feels... Um, threatened by DeSantis, right? Clearly, like his actions speak to the fact that he feels somehow threatened by DeSantis.
0: But every every person who's now, I am a Trump supporter. But any, sure. any person I bring this up
1: to, first
0: of all, they accuse me of
1: right. They'll tell you no. There's no way Trump's not Trump's not threatened by DeSantis. Come on, that's he's, just crazy. He's talk. not threatened by meatball desanctimonious <laughs> And yeah, I just here, think that we are. That's like, but he's his he's spending energy mm-hmm. att- on DeSantis when he could be spending it on things and on, on other things. And that's I, I think that's that's noticeable. You can't deny that he is his campaign is spending money on, let's say, attacking DeSantis or trying to undermine DeSantis. And that is time, money, energy that could be spent on proving why Joe Biden is, shouldn't be president. Clearly, the Trump campaign is worried that DeSantis is going to do well enough to threaten Trump, and they should be worried about that, I think. I think that Trump's record as president and his record since being president is not stellar enough to keep people from wondering if they couldn't do something better.
0: Well, and I mean, as as much as I really, really hate to say this, the indictments don't help.
1: They certainly don't.
0: Like— Here's the problem is it's the juxtaposition. Like, let's, let's just say, and, and I don't want to get into the argument with everybody about like how DeSantis would be as president. Like, no, really, he would be a, you know, a centrist that blah, blah, shut up. I, I just bear with me here. Fine.
1: Yeah.
0: If Ron DeSantis was exactly the same as Trump in policy, And won the presidency, Mm -hmm. it would be a better presidency because Ron DeSantis wouldn't be fighting legal battles the entire time, distracting from being able to accomplish policy. Right. And so that is a, an issue, whether it's fair or not. I don't think it's fair. I do think he's being targeted a hundred percent. I don't think that any of that gets solved. By Donald Trump being president. And I can prove it because the last time he was president, he was constantly being assaulted by the deep state. And yeah, by the way, I think it's completely fair for me to ask the question of if Donald Trump knew the deep state existed and Donald Trump knew the deep state was coming for him, how the hell did he get caught so much with this nonsense?
1: That is a difficult thing. It's it's hard for me to answer.
0: I'm not confident that Donald Trump can outstrategize the deep state, folks, because they seem to keep getting him.
1: Well, I think that's at least a very understandable worry, is if Donald Trump was outmaneuvered by the deep state last time, is he going to not be outmaneuvered by the deep state this time? Right. You would hope that that is true. Yeah, I would hope. The hope is that that is true, but I have my doubts that it is
0: after spending a year in lockdown and having to strap a diaper on my face and basically having, having employers attempt to force me to get a vaccine. I have every right to be concerned as to whether or not Donald Trump can truly combat the deep state. I have every right. I have every right to be upset about that situation. And, Mm -hmm. um, If you want to know the very, the one thing that makes me like I was, I was a hundred percent on board for the Donald Trump redemption arc, like his, you know, path of vengeance. I didn't care if Trump accomplished nothing in his second term, as long as it was burning down the bad people. Sure. What started making me get upset and started making me question his candidacy was when I would bring up like, no, yeah, Trump would be great, but I just really want to know and make, like, I want him to at least explain COVID. Yeah. I deserve an explanation for COVID because I, I don't like he, he feels detached because he keeps bragging about the vaccine. And I don't know a single Trump supporter. That's like excited about the vaccine. And he keeps talking about Operation Warp Speed and like these things are very, these conflict a lot with my baseline values. I'm upset over COVID. I'm upset Mm -hmm. over how I was treated. I'm upset over how my rights were taken away. I'm upset over how my kids had to live their lives. There's a lot of things that really upset me about COVID. Donald Trump goes on stages and brags about what his administration did during COVID. I'm not okay with that
1: it kind of pisses me off. Yeah, it it infuriates I, me. I, I kind of want an apology from Trump for some of that. Or at least to me it, it I would have been hoping to see from Trump an acknowledgment from him that he was outmaneuvered by people around him or something's like it be easy saying I was lied to by Dr. Fauci and the rhinos in the Republican party made it impossible for me to fire to fire him. I'd believe that. I'd be like, okay, fine. Great. Yeah. But there's been no admission that anything in his presidency went wrong and it clearly did. And that's what makes me nervous about Trump. I feel like if he was, he's either going to make the same mistakes again or his head's not really in the game and this is just a ploy to stay out of prison or something or maybe both. Maybe that's not the case, but I am worried that it is and Trump in his actions sense losing the presidency have not made me more confident that he recognizes his own faults and is taking any steps to fix them
0: right and like I said it's not even really trump's fault a lot of this is like the people on social media when I ask the question I get attacked sure like flat out I just I just get attacked you're not allowed to question it. And not, that doesn't sit well with me, folks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, because sure. well, here's, here's the worst part. I'm literally trying to help. I'm a regular person. I'm a regular American. I happen to have a, a show. I also happen to be very deep into news analysis. One thing that I'm really good at is being able to communicate to candidates things that they probably should be concerned about, things that they should pay attention to. Like, I, you know, I grew up in rural Michigan. I know how people like that think. I didn't grow up in New York like most of your consultants. I didn't spend a lot of time in D.C. like most of your surrogates. I grew up in what people call flyover America. That is the majority of America. So when I tell you as a candidate That you need to figure out a way to address COVID. I am fucking telling you that if you do it properly, you immediately will have the entire GOP behind you. And there's zero chance of anyone being able to run a primary against you. But you didn't do that. You didn't listen. You attacked people like me who brought this up and pointed it out. And now you have Ron DeSantis up your ass. It's your own fault. It's your own fault. Sure. Yeah. And all I, you I had
1: guess to do. Just, I I really, it's the, the attacking DeSantis thing is very strange with Trump because mm-hmm. you think that they would be allies and there is potential. Maybe DeSantis is looking at this as goes, Trump's going to be mired. Trump's going to be politically toxic. He's going to be mired down in all these investigations. Now is my, my time to become president. And DeSantis might sit there and go, I'm going to be a better president than Trump because I'm going to – because I know what I'm walking into in a way that he never did.
0: Because I'm not retarded.
1: Right. With how the government (laughs) works, with the Democrats. The thing is that's a very reasonable case to be made. There is a reasonable case that even all things being equal, Trump might be too toxic or too mired down with investigations to be president. And I don't see him combating that – if I have any pause in hoping Donald Trump is the candidate, it's that it's that it's that he would be an ineffective president simply because he's going to be so mired down in investigations and nonsense and because the left hates him so much. Now, I don't want them to win. I hate the idea of them profiting off of their malfeasance. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if DeSant- is DeSantis going to be able to fix the country more than Trump cam- can can simply because he's not Donald Trump. That's possible. And I don't see Trump making me more confident in his ability. It almost has the opposite. When I see his team attacking DeSantis in the way they are, it makes me feel like he's not serious. And I feel like at this time in America, I want someone serious. And DeSantis seems more so. So I don't know which way it would it's going to fall. But I there are good reasons not to support Trump and he doesn't seem to be helping himself with the way his team is attacking DeSantis.
0: My biggest problem, my biggest fear, I'll actually say, is Trump wins. Great, right? that's not the fear. That would be awesome. And mm-hmm. like I said, what I want is I want like, I want Donald Trump's vengeance arc. Like 100%. I want him to go and start burning down, you know, the the deep state and the left. Sure. Um, He'll probably spend his first you know, year or two in the presidency, burning down other Republicans who, quote, crossed him because he's so angry about that. He'll end up trying to destroy. He'll end up destroying, going after Ron DeSantis and trying to destroy him. So he'll end up losing Florida. Florida will go to a Democrat governor. Then he'll be mad at anyone who endorsed him and uh, who endorsed Ron DeSantis. And he'll primary every single one of those people and we'll lose the House and we'll lose the Senate. I sure. That's my fear. My fear is that Donald Trump will be pissed off. He'll be angry and he'll go after people in the GOP. We'll lose complete power. We'll lose any any representation that we have in the House and the Senate. And then the next two years of Donald Trump's presidency will be him attempting to pass legislation uh, through a Democrat House and a Democrat Senate. And nothing will ever get done and he'll get impeached. And yep. That's 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 how I see it going.
1: That's very. That, I, I think that is an understandable set of worries. Yeah. Or at the very least, the, you know, the deep state will essentially coordinate again and keep his presidency from doing anything productive regardless of like his presidency will be about him fighting the deep, fighting the deep state and trying to get anything to accomplish. And then he'll be just an ineffective president and will waste another four years. It, While ineff- at the state and local mm-hmm. level, the left wing uh, reigns ascendant. That's a, that's my worry. And I think that I am not crazy for being worried about that
0: now. So yeah, that kind of stuff makes me angry. Now at the same time, interestingly, this isn't necessarily, well, I can't say it's not tied to Trump's campaign, but there's another avenue that's being taken when the Trump team wasn't echoing Kamala Harris and the left wing media, uh, there's also an attempt to claim that Ron DeSantis is breaking campaign finance laws. Uh-huh. And it's because of connections between the Never Back Down PAC, which was started by, I believe, the Speaker of the House in Florida. And there's claims that basically um, the House of Representatives in Florida, well, the Florida Congress, voted. To repeal the um resign to run provision in the in Florida, which like for Ron DeSantis to run for president, he would have had to resign as governor. I'm not gonna lie that is the least surprising thing ever because of course they're like, but we love you as governor. We would love you even more as president. We don't want you to have to resign. That's dumb. We're all going to vote to make sure that doesn't happen because of, of course you would.
1: Of course. Because
0: of course you would. So they're passing the whole, they, they passed the, they repealed the resign to run. They made it to where Ron DeSantis can run for president. Then the Speaker of the House in Florida became the chair of the Never Back Down Political Action Committee, which happens to be one of Ron DeSantis's, you know, basically is Ron DeSantis's political action committee. Sure. So there are people in Trump world that are suggesting that this was a political political favor and is therefore illegal. But also, okay, Ron DeSantis used his credit card for certain campaign things like travel or whatever. And the his campaign paid off his credit card, which isn't illegal, but they suggest it's taboo and it's bad. Okay. And then <clears throat> there's a video that's going around the internet in uh, the last couple of days where... DeSantis is at a campaign stop and he's, you know, uh, somebody, the bartender at this restaurant says that he has a credit card and DeSantis goes, oh, like, whose whose card is it? He says it says never back down, which means never back down political action committee. He's like, oh, okay," grabs it and hands it to somebody. And this is, whoa, the PAC is paying for this, but it's a campaign stop. It's illegal. So this is Trump world. Trump world wants to have Donald Trump's political opponent arrested on dumb shit like who's paying for what.
1: Yeah, it just is unseemly and doesn't make sense. Like, don't, it's don't pathetic. do this.
0: It's pathetic. Like, there, there's, yeah. there's no well, other description okay. for it. It's fucking pathetic. When you have
1: a senile old man who can't put together a sentence sitting in the White House, mm-hmm. who is actively shockingly corrupt with a huge amount of the democrat party and this is what you're spending your time on yep yes that proves that proves to me beyond any shadow of a doubt that he is actually worried about ron DeSantis. santis
0: yeah it, it, it makes me angry it feels it feels like they don't give a shit about the things i care about i don't care about the i like both of these people I like, I don't understand, like it should, it should be like Donald Trump goes ahead, goes ahead and runs for president and Ron DeSantis is vice president. Ron DeSantis is not stupid for looking at the situation and saying, I'm not sure if Donald Trump's going to be able to make it to the actual general election. There's too much legal stuff going on. I don't know if he'll make it. I need to put my hat in the ring now because by 2028, I'm going to be in a field of a bunch of people. Why wouldn't I take this opportunity? There's zero advisors that are worth any amount of money that would have told Ron DeSantis, wait until 2028. Anybody who says he should have waited till 2028 only says that because they want Donald Trump. That is not right. an analysis right. of success for Ron DeSantis. That is an analysis for success of Donald Trump. Sure. And guess what? Ron DeSantis doesn't give a shit about Donald Trump's success when it comes to running his campaign. That's ridiculous. And suggesting it is dumb as hell.
1: I think at the end of the day, the most important thing is what is best for the future of the United States.
0: Yes. And guess what? Attacking your fellow Republicans, that ain't it.
1: Right. Well, and I think getting control of the executive branch by someone that is going to prevent the federal government from abusing citizens and prevent the Democrat sort of globalist New World Order agenda from progressing in the United States, someone that's going to stop that or frustrate our political enemies as they try to consolidate more power, that is what is valuable. That's what is worth it. And it is hard, and I think that in looking at it in those terms, you you have to come to certain conclusions. Would Trump stand actually stop the Democrats and their cronies from increasing their political power? Possibly. Would DeSantis do the same? Possibly. But those are the metrics that matter a lot more than who do you like, who do you not like, who is better on camera, who is not as good on camera. I think all of those things are underneath this greater banner of who is actually going to stop the Democrats from destroying America.
0: Right. And and, and understand, like, well, one one other point that I have to point out is... It also, because we're talking about campaign finances. So, you know, the the Trump team wants everyone to know that they're not okay with the fact that Ron DeSantis is, you know, purportedly or potentially using political action committee funds and purportedly possibly using them for personal expenses. Totally understand that. Uh, So explain to me why Donald Trump is using $40 million of campaign funds to pay his own legal bills.
1: Which I don't even really—I mean, hey, you have to pay those bills. I mean, to run. I get it.
0: Ron DeSantis isn't a billionaire like Donald Trump, so
1: yeah. See, that's the thing—is it's—and I—I guess I'm holding out hope. I'm holding out some modicum of hope that the surrog- the Trump surrogates, the people on Team Trump that are doing and saying these things, are not doing it with the are doing it independently. I hope that's the case, because it could, but it's, it is, if that was the case, you'd think Trump and his actual election team would be distancing themselves from these comments, but they seem to be playing into them.
0: The problem that I have is a lot of this money came from donations that were raised through Stop the Steal. Money that was supposed to be used to supposedly stop The election fraud. Advisors for Trump. Well, doesn't matter. Money was there was a lot of money raised for Stop the Steal that then became Trump campaign funds, which I guess I kind of understand. I understand how that can happen, but like it's not not weird and does deserve an explanation of some form. You can't just be like, shut up, dummy, idiot. Like, that's not fair to, like, I know, I know people. These are your people gave you this money, and then you're spitting on them when you turn around and say, shut up, Tard, oh, DeSantis, like, lover. Well, you're a DeSantis stan. Seriously?
1: Yeah, the defensiveness of the pro-Trump people when it comes to the Trump team attacking DeSantis, unjustly or justly, kind of shows their hand that they are more... That they're concerned about something beyond just the limits of the election. Yeah,
0: but I will I will clean this up and then we'll get to some of the other stories because we're gonna have to go a little bit beyond uh, two o'clock because we were so late. But um, I'm not against Trump. I don't want anyone to think that I'm suddenly anti-Trump. I'm not telling anybody. I've heard really great arguments and I totally understand why. Like if somebody comes up to me here's the deal. If somebody comes up and says, I am supporting Trump because I think he's going to do the best job and I want to see him go against the deep state. That is a hundred percent. Like I, I understand that I'm still like, I don't know where I sit on the primary yet, mostly because I have a lot of time to Mm -hmm. still wait and I plan on waiting. I want all the information now. I understand that. But if somebody comes up to me and says, and tries to tell me why I shouldn't support someone else, I don't want to talk to you. Mm hmm. I want to be told why I need to support your candidate. I don't need to be told why I shouldn't. And I'm not telling anybody not to support Trump. I am telling people, here's the deal. What I'm actually doing here is I want to get people in the Trump campaign. Well, first of all, I would say this much. I think Donald Trump needs to reevaluate his social media strategy, and I think people need to be fired. I think Donald Trump needs to stop hiding on Truth social, which Jack Posobiec blocked me on twitter for suggesting i think he needs to quit hiding on truth social and get his ass out on places like twitter or x whatever it is called now because that's where we all are we're not on truth truth is trash it's a bad yeah. business investment and honestly it makes donald trump look stupid it makes him look
1: I, like prove me it, does, wrong. it makes him look unserious
0: yeah truth social is Garbage. It is fucking garbage. It's a terrible product. It doesn't work well. It's shit. And the fact that he is sitting there on a pile of shit, and I'm supposed to believe he's a brilliant businessman? No. Like, dude, what is this? A money laundering scheme? This is a pile of shit. It's a pile of shit app.
1: Yeah, and and I. This is what makes me worry about Trump is he seems does not seem serious. If yeah. you were serious, you if you were serious for the last four years, you would be sitting on you'd be on Twitter. You'd be back on Twitter as soon as you were able. You'd be on an alternate account on Twitter. You'd, it is hard for me to feel confident in Trump because it seems like he does not have confidence in himself to run and be the president again. What's he done the last four years? He's just sort of hidden and skulked around in the shadows. And yeah, he's been probably worried about going to jail and under all these investigations. And that sucks for him. But I kind of want someone that's a little bit more. I... That proves to me that the baggage that Trump has is something for me to worry about. And I mm. want Trump to make me not worried. And he's not doing that.
0: Well, that and his bitterness, which I think is justified.
1: For sure. Because I've heard but a lot I don't of people want say, someone bitter. I want someone going into this with a clear head. Who's going to save the country.
0: Yeah. And that's the problem is I've heard the excuse and it's a rational excuse for people. Like he's not going to go back to Twitter after the way they treated him. I'm like, sure. That, that's un- understandable, but I'm not going to download truth just to hear from him because truth is a fucking shit app and I'm not doing it. Yeah. To become okay. Let, let me explain. Sorry. Real quick. Um, people might ask, why do I think truth is a shit app? First of all, it doesn't integrate with a goddamn thing. I understand that that's because tech sucks and they, they want to fight them. So I, I totally get it, but it doesn't integrate with anything. So it's useless to me. It's just another thing I have to do work on. Number two, um, I don't trust that it's secure. And I know that because it's affiliated with Trump, that uh, it's probably crawling with hackers that are going to try to dox people or cause some sort of other undue harm. And that's already occurred. Sure. So, I don't have the trust and faith that they have a good enough security team that there isn't just a god awful amount of who knows what going on on that application. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not putting it on my phone. Sure. It's simple as that. It's a shit app and it makes Trump look stupid. Anyway. But yeah, the bitterness. Now, there are a couple of other things that we want to bring up. First of all is uh, people may not even remember this name, uh, but the name is Bo Bergdahl. Anyone that was in the army and certainly anyone who deployed to Afghanistan knows the name Bo Bergdahl because you would have screensavers on your computers that told you to ask about Bo. And Bo Bergdahl, for those who don't know, was a U.S. Army soldier that decided uh, that he didn't want to be in the army no more, and he wanted to join the Taliban. So he left his post and wandered off into the Afghan wilderness um, to try to join the Taliban, and the Taliban ended up getting a hold of him, and uh, he finally ended up being released in, gosh, what was it, Alan, 2015?
1: Yeah? Yeah, it's 20, I think
0: it's 2015, yep. So Bo Bergdahl... Committed treason. He tried to join the Taliban.
1: Mm -hmm. At the very minimum, he deserted.
0: Yeah, at a minimum, he deserted. At a maximum, he committed treason. Well, he was court-martialed for this, and he was found guilty. And, you know, obviously, subsequently put in jail. A judge. Well,
1: so the... um, Part of the story is he was captured by the Taliban, right? He was held by the Taliban for a long time. It was thought that he was simply captured. And that's why when we were in country, he had been captured. And you saw everywhere, basically posters on U.S. bases, screensavers on DOD computers because they were trying to get the guy back. And then we there were a number of missions to rescue him. A number a few servicemen died in that attempt. Obama eventually arranged a prisoner transfer. Of a bunch of of Taliban leaders for Bo Bergdahl back. This all happened and it was completed. Bo Bergdahl was taken back into US custody and then he was court-martialed. Right. In an an official military court. Now, Tom people have made were very upset with Obama for trading Taliban members for Bo Bergdahl, and it's also very tragic that a number of US servicemen died in attempts to rescue him. I think that Bo Bergdahl is one of ours and we, was right that we took the, eff- the necessary effort to get him back. Sure, he's you know, a deserter. He left his post, all that thing. But at the end of the day, I can understand that he's, he is an American soldier, even if he's a crappy one, even if he's a traitor, even if he's a des- des- deserter. He's still our guy, and we are going to get him back and deal with him ourselves right I think there's a very good case to be made for that that's how that's how it made sense to me and it understand unfortunate under, that military service members lost their lives but we didn't know that he was necessarily a deserter until we got him back and even if it was alleged he's still our guy to get back if anyone's gonna try him it's gonna be us right he's our guy we always get our people back
0: yeah now, yeah the, I
1: think there's a very good case to also be made for screw him he deserted and joined the Taliban that's totally viable too I'm not saying one way is absolutely right or the other
0: yeah there's, but, there's nothing there's nothing but honor and absolute heroism in the people who fell trying to get him back
1: for sure they uh, they well, were not I think there's a case to be made that it was right to spend resources to get him back because he's yes. our guy
0: yeah no I, I I yeah I yeah I agree um never yeah you yeah you've made a point you've made mm-hmm. the point
1: Right. So, anyway, he's back in US custody, we try him, he gets court-martialed, he is let go. Done. Um, and I don't know if he actually went to jail. Uh, sorry, that's the one thing I actually kind of didn't don't remember if he was actually in in jail um, recently. Uh, essentially he used Yeah, okay. So he was convicted of desertion and all these other things. Okay. So he's been um, he was basically convicted of these things. Well, recently, they a federal judge essentially, I don't know, re- basically reversed the. Uh, okay, so he was given a dishonorable discharge in lieu of a prison sentence. So they're like, hey, time served. You were captured by the Taliban. You were imprisoned by the Taliban. You have a dishonorable discharge because you're a deserter. Screw you. But at the same time, you're not going to go to prison.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. I, we were debating this earlier before the show. right, right.
1: right. that, that this that's the part I kind of forgot because a lot yeah. of
0: people were mad at Obama. Cause they're like, or they were, eh, a lot of people were mad at something because it was like, mm-hmm. no, he should go to jail. He's a fucking traitor.
1: Yeah. And it's like, well, he essentially was in, it was 2009. Is yeah. when He was captured. And then he was finally, it's so 2009 to 2015, he was in Taliban custody or yeah. Essentially imprisoned by the Taliban and afterwards said well based on what you went through as a prisoner of war We're going to dishonorably discharge you and that's a big negative to your life But also you're not going to go to an act a, to you're not going to serve more time in jail Because you essentially spent time in a much worse Confinement under the Taliban.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're not going to go to Leavenworth. Okay, so Fine. he had a dishonorable discharge
1: Yeah now, a re- federal judge is now reversing that convict, basically reversing his uh, conviction in the court martial, reversing his court martial because the judge in the court martial, this federal judge is arguing, had bias because this was because that judge was trying to get a position in the Trump White House. So or Trump, sorry, the Trump um, under Trump.
0: Yeah, the the judge that was the judge that uh, presided over the court martial Mm -hmm. had applied to become a federal immigration judge. Right. And that is where this judge decided to say that there could have been bias in the court martial because Donald Trump said that Bo Bergdahl committed treason and should be put to death.
1: Yeah. But Bergdahl pleaded guilty. Mm-hmm. He ple- he pleaded guilty, and what this judge recently did, this judge, this his name, judge's name is Walton. He vacated all orders and rulings issued by the military judge who presided over Bergdahl's court martial. So it's like, wait, what? Why is that necessary? The guy pled guilty. He was found guilty. He was court-martialed. Why would we need to give him a clean slate? Which essentially is what this federal judge has done. Is Well, Bergdahl, Bergdahl gets a clean slate as if none of this ever happened because the military judge that convicted him was pro-Trump.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: This same federal judge, interestingly enough, also is on record be- with extreme condemnation over January 6th because this is not who we are and this is not our democracy. So this is a left- wing judge. It's a left- wing judge that is trying to ingratiate himself with the left wing movement. I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna go out on a limb make a hypothesis, that this judge is is try is gunning for the next vacant seat on the Supreme Court.
0: Amazingly, this judge was appointed to the federal bench by George W. Bush.
1: Right. Which means that if this judge is picked to fill a Supreme Court seat, they could probably pass him through to the Congress and Senate by saying well he was picked by George W Bush he's going to be a he's going to be a conservative justice yeah fucking bananas or conservative enough that you shouldn't uh stonewall stonewall this
0: of all the shit you're going to hang your hat on to try to make a statement about how now this this guy pretends he 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 wraps himself under the guise of politicians should not be making comments on ongoing cases but i would i would love to see a case that this piece of shit is overthrown due to something you know Barack Obama has said, or Joe Biden has said, has he overthrown any cases or is it just for traitors against the United yeah. States of America that he lets, that he, he basically sets free. A like, very good question. Bo Bergdahl got off with a, let's be honest, that's a sweetheart deal. Yeah. I mean, he spent six years in custody of, you know, the Taliban, which no offense, that was his fucking choice. He wanted to go right. join them, and they said, no, we're going to put you in jail because they probably thought he was a spy. Right. So, I mean, and all he got out of it was a dishonorable discharge. Like, sure, it's a felony conviction. You know, yeah. but you got a dishonorable discharge. You're still able to walk free. Pretty sweetheart deal, buddy.
1: Yeah, I I, I feel like that was appropriate.
0: He joined like, the hey, enemy. Well, no, I don't think yeah. it was appropriate because he joined the fucking enemy.
1: Okay, but he was also in prison, basically, in, as a he was imprisoned by the enemy as yes, if you, he were a prisoner of war and subjected to probably not necessarily kind treatment for six years. If we just, if we washed our hands of him and just let him like dishonorable discharge, that record's going to follow you forever.
0: You know, I Alan, don't feel,
1: I don't feel any need to extract any more vengeance.
0: That's a, that's a very compassionate take. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, sure. Cause no, like, I'm mad, but OK, I'll take it. That's a that is a very now, compassionate I, take. And th- th- that's I would great. say
1: if he actually fought for the talib- if, if the
0: Yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess see, I see I,
1: I'm I'm holding out some my, I'm moderating my approach on Bergdahl as was he truly a traitor to the country? I don't know.
0: Do you think he was just was kind he, of retarded?
1: If given the opportunity to kill U.S. service members, would he actually have taken it? That's what we don't know, and okay. because we don't know that, I'm no. It's good take. not willing to write. I'm not willing to uh, treat him as if that was true.
0: Okay, you're not going to treat him as an enemy combatant because n- you n- never had see, the opportunity n- to do so.
1: I'll leave the op- option, option option open. If I learned more about Brodahl in his case, and it, and I came to rethink, and I came to be convinced that he actually would have killed U.S. servicemen and taken, uh, or, you know harmed the country maybe i would change i would change my mind But as i currently view it i would say i am not convinced that he actually would have killed us service members fighting for the taliban i think he was more just an idiot who had no idea who was just doing real dumb things.
0: okay no no i i, I get it but you know so of all the things that you want to make a statement of the judge chooses this one
1: mm-hmm
0: Insane. yeah that's weird Insane. I don't
1: understand. What is there? serious it's not like there's some giant group of people advocating for Bo Bergdahl. Even left wingers, I think, we're like, well, why would we care about this guy? He's a white soldier. We hate those people. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, in that same vein, one thing I want to cover before we end the show off because this is interesting, so we have to have a little bit of a discussion on it, but. Speaking of the Taliban, hilariously, um, who uh, had a habit uh, the, the Taliban was constantly brought up when people were having debates over statues in the United States because of things mm-hmm. like the uh, giant Buddhist statues that were destroyed by the Taliban because they destroyed anything uh, from the previous culture that wasn't right. um, inherently part of their religion. And much like the Taliban, which hilariously, you know, people want to call the uh, remember when the truck. Per, what were they, the, the truck parades or whatever? for Trump convoy truck convoys where people would have like the American flags and they would drive through different towns and stuff.
1: I remember you saw this a lot with boats where there's like, yeah. Oh, we have like everybody's boating in this Lake. And we're all flying Trump flags. Yeah.
0: People would do that in trucks. And then there were mm-hmm. pictures taken of that. And that that's where everybody was like the American Taliban. Well, in reality, sure. something that envisions the American Taliban in a lot of the ways that the Taliban came in and demanded religious orthodoxy um, in Afghanistan was destroying any anything, anything that tied anyone to something before the Taliban. Well, obviously, this is a relation that a lot of people use when it comes to statues and things in the South. Remember, we've had all these arguments because BLM, seemingly out of nowhere, got upset over statues of Confederate generals. And the reason why I say seemingly out of nowhere is because nobody whined about these things at all, And then suddenly BLM was like, oh, black people literally like can't sleep at night because there's a Robert E. Lee statue in this town that black people have lived in for, you know, hundreds of years now. Yeah. Voluntarily. Well, Alan, (laughs) we were told that the statues were going to be taken down, right? That this was Charlottesville was was a big one, right? They were going to take this statue down. And that's when people showed up and marched uh, because they knew. Regardless of how you feel about what happened there, they knew. They knew exactly how this was going to go. And now we're going to prove that they knew and that they were right. They knew exactly where this was going to go and what the actual point of it was. And as if the left wing had just left it alone and let people show up and march with their tiki torches, nothing bad would have happened and no one would have been hurt and no one would have died. But then the left showed up and decided to be violent because they literally can't. Uh, they can't not be violent and thuggish. Point is. Yeah. Uh, so they take, uh, they take these statues down and we were told that they were going to go to a museum. It's fine. Yeah. It's going to go to a museum. Everybody, they're not erasing history. They're just going to put it in a museum. It doesn't need to be in the public square. And the majority of Americans went, I didn't really give a shit about the statue, but okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't like the idea of erasing history and stuff and maybe that's important. I mean, it is something that happened and we should know about it. So yeah, a museum that seems reasonable, but they're not going yeah. to a museum, Alan, are they?
1: Uh, no, they're going, the uh, the statue is going, actually, and this is after lawsuits, so two organizations. Um, one was the Trevelyan Station Battlefield Foundation, which operates a Civil War battlefield uh, hit museum in Louise County, Virginia, and the Ratcliffe Foundation, which runs a museum out of the former home of Confederate General Jeb Stewart in Russell County, Virginia. Both of these basically Civil War historical societies filed a uh, plea or filed a case in order to get custody of this Robert E. Lee statue, which had been removed by the city of Charlottesville so that they could take it to their museum and put it on display as part of their museum. Mm -hmm. Well, a federal judge denied both of those organizations the ability to do that. And instead, the Charlottesville Jefferson School of African-American Heritage is it has been awarded the statue to melt it down
0: oh good uh and probably use the bronze to turn it into something else right yes mm, interesting do you remember what was being chanted by those people when they were um the night that they went to charlottesville
1: you... uh i believe one of the famous chances you will not replace us
0: yeah you will not replace us
1: oh guess guess they're getting replaced now
0: yeah, because they're going to That's melt exactly what the statue, what this is about. and they're going to—they mm-hmm. are going to turn it into some hideous modern. You know what? They're probably going to make it a fucking statue of George Floyd.
1: Probably, yeah. <laughs> but it shows that all of this is about—is so much more about vengeance, yes, and petty, and petty hatred than it ever is about doing anything positive for the black community. Yeah. If I, this is actually a very good good take, I, this is a good example of something i've noticed for a while it's that if you wanted to swell the ranks of the kkk as much as possible you would do things exactly like this this is meant to be a provocation to the to basically white southerners and say look what we can do to you look what we can destroy and you are powerless to stop us that's what this is about and the left And Black Lives Matter are reveling in this as we have the power to destroy the things you love and you are powerless to stop us. Mm -hmm. That's what this is actually about. That's the entire intent behind renaming Confederate bases, tearing down Confederate statues, destroying Confederate history is entirely about we have the power to hurt you and you to destroy that which you love and you cannot stop us.
0: This is the whole thing, though it is like i don't i don't disagree with you necessarily but like it's not even nobody nobody cares like let me explain right
1: right oh no no this is the point the, like this is actually people didn't necessarily care about these statues
0: right it's because but they the only reason why people are reacting the way that they are is because they know this deeper aspect of it. They're right. like, this isn't about a fucking statue. These people hate us for who we are. Simply, simple as that. Black yeah. Lives Matter is a bunch of rich people from fucking New York who would suddenly show up and fly over country... And are like, ew, you drive trucks. You listen to country music. You talk with a stupid accent. You're one of those dumb, toothless hillbillies. I fucking hate you. I want you dead. They know that. That's what this is. That's why they're angry. They don't give a fuck about a statue. They give a shit about the fact that they know for a fact that all of this is about replacing them. Do solely do to hatred
1: yeah i mean the the common refrain that you hear on the right is they hate us and they want us dead yes and that's absolutely true the left hates us and wants us dead and it is exemplified by things like the way they're treating confederate monuments they want to destroy them and tear them down because they want to destroy and tear down us they don't hate robert e lee they hate you and i yeah they don't hate these mythical racists out there, they hate anyone that voted for Trump. Right. They don't want to destroy neo-Nazi movements. They want to destroy any movement that stops them from complete political domination of the United States.
0: Yeah. And so, like, I guess the, the lesson learned here, not that we have many in this audience, but perhaps you have friends, is stop taking them at their word. There were plenty of people... Back when this was happening, with Charlottesville and things like that, yeah. there were plenty of people that were saying exactly what we're saying now, and we we, we were saying exactly what this was going to become five years ago. Yeah. We were telling everybody that this is what this was about, and there mm-hmm. were too many feckless Republicans. That we're like, oh, geez, but like we don't need to like care about the Civil War. Like we don't need to support the Confederacy. Right. And what people we, really yeah. want
1: is like I don't want to be dragged into the argument where yeah. I have to defend the Confederacy or defend these statues because then I'll look – people will claim that I'm a racist or I'll look like a racist and, and I don't want to want to deal with that. And so we let the left have a victory. And yeah. now they're pushing it as hard as they can. They've gotten rid of statues of Teddy Roosevelt. They've gotten rid of statues of Thomas Jefferson. They've gotten rid of statues of George Washington. They've torn down statues of Columbus. They've, I remember in the summer of 2020 watching mobs of black people tear down statues of American heroes all across the United States. I watched mobs in Port, on TV as mobs in Portland destroyed a relatively gorgeous statue of Justin Elk that had been erected to commemorate the founding of the city by the original pioneers. I we watched recently a while ago. They destroyed and a they pressured a college to destroy every plaque saying Robert E. Lee once stayed here and they removed the gravestone to com- that commemorated General Lee's horse. These people are committed to destroying the history of the United States so that they can rewrite it. And, they are, and that's their goal. It's so, never about what they have to say. It's not about the feelings of black people. It's not about any of this. It is about destroying and rewriting history.
0: Right. And rewriting that history to where they have total and unencumbered power over yeah. you.
1: Because that history, the history of America being racist and slavery, that narrative is what gives them power. It legitimizes their power and domination of the United States. By saying the America was something bad and awful, and thank God we were we were here to re- to save it from itself, right? And that is functionally untrue. Slavery is part of American history, and I don't really care about it. Yeah, and it's not anymore. The end. <laughs> don't care. I'm not even gonna demonize it. Like, oh, it was so bad. Yeah. Well, we also had child labor until like the 1900s, uh, because everywhere else did. Like, right
0: one of those facts of life go yeah, go cry to the romans i guess oh, okay. or everyone else
1: yeah slavery right. the, the legacy of slavery doesn't necessitate anything happening in modern day
0: nope 100 percent. You're right, and that's going to have to be it for our program today. But be sure to go over to Subscribestar.com forward slash Wrong become a subscriber, join our Discord server over there, and of course, share this out with as many people as possible, and check it out as a podcast. I'm Aaron from the East Coast.
1: I'm Alan from the West Coast.
0: This is Wrong Thing Radio. See you all next week.